You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, Embrace yourself. Ah, uh, yes, another Jeep talk show. We're going to have a bit of a, a different type of uh, Jeep talk show this uh, this night because uh, if you're not aware, we have been having lots of problems down here in Texas. And, of course, that's where Studio A is located. <laughs> uh, Studio A being my house. So, uh, 10 years we've been doing this show, and I think on very rare occasions have we been in the situation where we, we couldn't have a show. And, damn it, we're going to have one again tonight. The only problem is, as far as getting the gang all together, is uh, is power failures. Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, if you haven't heard, right now as we are in the third week of February of 2021, as we record this episode, countless cities across the nation are experiencing frigid temperatures and record amounts of snow and ice. I can attest to that here in Oregon. Now, power outages have been extensive, and the number of customers in the dark are unprecedented. With such a brutal winter attacking much of the U.S. right now, it's no surprise that many are finding it hard or even impossible to get to work or do other things like grocery uh, shopping and errands and stuff like that. It's a perfect time to catch up on some past Jeep talk show episodes, huh? Now, in all seriousness, for those who who still tried or have to go to work, they have risked much only to get stuck or even stranded in some cases. In steps those who own Jeeps, and I can't tell you how much my heart swells when I hear of stories like this one. And looking around uh, as I was researching this story and others, this last week there have been dozens of accounts of off-road enthusiasts and even Jeep clubs stepping up to the plate to provide transportation for the essential workers, healthcare workers, and first responders. These are people who are critically needed right now, and we have Jeepers stepping up to the plate to help out. One such group is the Mid-South Jeep Club, who is connected to these workers in need through their Facebook group. Which, for those interested, we will have a link to in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. The Mid-South Jeep Club was founded in Memphis, Tennessee by a group of just seven Jeepers, I think back in, 20, uh, in 2006. Today, their numbers have grown substantially, and they are one of the most recognized groups in the area because of their high level of community involvement. Well, case in point, this group of Jeepers is going against the orders of officials who have been urging people to stay home all week due to the nasty road conditions and weather conditions. But what if you're a medical worker or first responder? You can't stay home. Well, Jeepers to the rescue. Kindness goes a long way, and this group of Jeepers is going well out of their way to go above and beyond what is expected of anybody, especially in these current conditions, to help those who are needed who are needed the most, actually. Now, hats off to the Mid-South Jeep Club and all, uh, all the other Jeep clubs and groups out there providing help to the community in the worst of wintry conditions. They get a big, fat Jeep wave from all of us here at the Jeep Talk Show. We went through 36 hours of, uh, of no power. Uh, here at uh, Studio A earlier this week, starting uh, Sunday night, which was technically Monday morning, around two o'clock in the in the morning, and uh, no power. So you know it sucks, uh, especially when it goes thirty six hours. I don't mean it was off and on for thirty six hours. It was off, and <laughs> people, I've lived here all my life. I do not recall being in a situation where power was off that long, with the exception of a hurricane. Way back in like 1983, 84, 
uh, where uh, at least at my parents' house, the power was out for, for a good week uh, and uh, just getting all the uh, the power lines and stuff back up. So tonight we're going to do something a little different. Uh, we do have a, uh, a interview uh, with uh, Keith Ellis of uh, Lone Star Jeep Invasion. That's going to be happening uh, this year uh, in uh, mid-March, uh, March uh, 12th and 13th, I believe it is. Uh, just walking off the top of my head right here. I'm a, I'm a little out of it being uh, uh, power on and off and uh, so on and so forth. But, of course, we're going to bring in the Zoom people, and it uh, looks like they have all uh, all joined, uh, all the regulars, and, uh, hell, may, there may be some new people in there. So let's jump over to them real quick. Gotcha. Hello, Zoom people, which, of course, they're already talking and having their own <laughs> show. <laughs> hey, Tony. Hey, Hello. Hey, thanks for sh- for showing up. Are you guys uh, uh, pitying uh, poor me with being for with, without power, and that's why you came to uh, to join in and maybe poke some yeah, fun or something? Yeah, we're all here to support you, Tony. <laughs> you can't yeah, did you see bring on the snow, cold weather. Tony. Did you see any snow, Tony? Uh, I saw a lot of sleet. It, it it's did a, a lot, and it looked like snow. And I think I tell you what, the, the most important thing here was uh, is that uh, once the sleet collected on the roof of the neighbors' houses. It stayed there for days. Now we'll oh. have we'll have sleep oh. for on occasion and uh, but it's gone. It's gone by the morning. You know, if you have it in the evening, it's there overnight and then maybe maybe the morning if you wake up early enough, you might see some of it on the uh, the houses. Not this time. Man, it was it was there and it was there for for several days. In fact, there's there's still some sleet on the houses. Uh it is there's yeah. some snow mixture in there, but it wasn't it wasn't snow per se. Uh, it was still very pretty. Yeah, it's snow here in Tulsa. It's got what I don't I think we got from anywhere between eight to twelve inches of snow. Yeah, that would have been nice. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it only I did know that, that went all too well. Let's see, it did that probably ten years ago. So, do you guys feel uh, like you shake your head at Texas, going, "You, you Texans, you guys don't have anything to, to complain about. There's nothing. There's nothing that could cause <laughs> that should cause power failures like that. Uh, you know, it's just simply we're not used to it. I think is the issue. I think we got so much free that you just it just destroyed everything. I mean, it stopped all the power grids and everything. It sounded like. And with, that was uh, Wendy, our uh, one of our co-hosts that has joined us here in the uh, Zoom room. And, uh, you know, everybody, anybody and everybody is welcome to join uh, in the Zoom room and be a uh, unofficial Zoom people. Uh, that's the name they came up for themselves. Uh, I, I actually, I think Chris did that. But uh, if you'd uh, like to join in on the Zoom room, you can just go over to jeeptalkshow.com uh, slash contact and look at the newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter and then you'll get a link on how to uh, get into the, uh, the Zoom meeting. So, uh, who all do we got out there? I see, uh, let's see, Bill. Well, you're under, Wendy, you're under Bill's. Uh, yeah, he's here too, though. He's okay. here. And, well, actually, uh, she's not under me right now, but. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bill knows how to multitask. All right. <laughs> uh, who asked him to join? I don't know. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I see. I see why. I see why uh, why Wendy's not is Wendy, all, uh, is Wendy blushing right now. I see yes. why. Yes. I see why Wendy's not all that uh, uh, upset whenever I make some of my comments now. <laughs> we got to follow that. <laughs> um. So, uh, and there's no video coming from you, uh, Wendy. If as long as you're no. you're cool with that, that's fine. Yeah. No, there, it's good. There's a reason for that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dovetails right back into the other thing we were talking about. 
All right, here all week. So I'm just kind of curious how's the how's how's the weather in other parts of the country? Is anybody seeing power outages like what Texas is seeing? Yes, not in Missouri. Or they're getting Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, Kansas, Missouri, and New Mexico. I know that because I uh, I work with the uh, I work directly with the transmission lines. So. Oh, okay. Um, Thankfully, I'm in Tulsa also, and I are actually Kawita outside of Tulsa, and I have not lost power. <laughs> nice. Is this something we have cold, right? Is this something that you guys see that you get the, these kind of temps and this kind of weather year after year? Uh, is this something that you see in your states, or is it unusual for for Texas? I mean, uh, I mean, unusual from the standpoint of uh, if Texas was prepared, it should it, we shouldn't have been through this. Yeah, maybe. Just an unusual uh, circumstance nationwide, especially in, the, in this region, the Southwest region, because uh, what's going on is the, the di- so many different things are being frozen. The 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 um, wind turbines are freezing, the gas is freezing, and because of those, we can't uh, generate the electricity to be able to service everything. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, we have to do the rolling blackouts. If we didn't do the rolling blackouts, we'd have nationwide blackouts, uh, which would be a lot worse than what we're doing, experiencing right now. So, and, and why would that a, be? Would that actually an, damage un- equipment? Un- unprecedented circumstance. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, if we didn't do the the rolling blackouts, are you saying that we would have damaged equipment, which would basically hurt the infrastructure from then on uh, forward? Correct, because we have a we have a reserve that we have to keep, and FERC regulates that reserve. And uh, my name is Joe Smith, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, no anyway, uh, uh, we're, we're regulated by FERC, and FERC, uh, FERC has a minimum that we're supposed to, uh, minimum reserve that we, uh, we have on tap. Well, we uh, got into that reserve and then uh, almost uh, used all of that reserve power that we had because we couldn't g- generate any more. So therefore, we had to mandate rolled blackouts, rolling blackouts, and uh, requested people to to reduce their use of electricity. Same thing happens uh, a lot of times in the summertime when the heat gets too hot. But uh, th- in this particular case, it was uh, they got exacer- exacerbated because of the, uh, uh, the the so many different things were taxed all at one time. Not to mention, you know, even water was freezing. So when we have uh, electricity being produced by water plants, they were also um, not able to function because of wa- water was frozen. And so we had uh, just different, a perfect storm basically to where we had to do these different types of rolling blackouts or, or else it could have been a catastrophic failure throughout the nation. Gotcha. Yeah, that would have really pissed the people off. Um, it, it, it's it's bad enough when you piss off Texans. You don't want to piss off uh, a bunch of more. Um, so let me ask you this: I see these these uh, these posts about please lower your temperatures to sixty seven degrees, and like on Twitter, I saw one of those things and I, I commented. So I have a natural gas uh, heater. My uh, my uh, uh, not AC. My uh, central uh, central uh, central unit is uh, gas powered. Do I need to lower my attempts to that? To, I mean, basically, the only electricity I'm using is the, to run the blower motor. Well, yeah, but you have to remember the gas is being ran. Uh, the gas is also being taxed as well, and the gas oh, is what's sure. used. The gas is what's used to, uh, because they won't let us burn coal anymore, the gas is our primary source to be able to 
uh, ignite our generators at our plant. So if, we, if people are using too much gas in their home, then we don't have the gas to be able to use to light the generators. If we can't light the generators, we can't do electricity. It's just a, uh, a lot of times uh, people are just, un, uh, you know, just they, they don't know. They, they, like they had the same very good questions as you just presented, Tony. And, and because of the lack of education that we have done as the electrical uh, entity to our customers or the end users, and therefore they don't understand what the ramifications are of, of running your heater at 73 degrees when when it needs to be down 67 68 on on times like this well i was just being pissy because i normally keep it 67 uh and because i just don't want a, a big gas bill and uh so uh but i i did see the situation where when we started getting getting power back uh for like a couple hours then it would be off for five or six and then back on to me it was like hey it's time to heat the hell out of the house so that we can make it through that uh, those those four or five hours. I mean, this is just common sense stuff that uh, I, I guess maturity would keep you from doing it. But uh, people turn in blue. You know, perhaps it was the cold affecting my brain. But I was thinking about the Green New Deal. I think they should change it to the Blue New Deal because people are going to be turning <laughs> blue uh, in in these situations. If uh, at least during the winter time. Yeah, when I heard that the uh, windmills were frozen and couldn't produce electricity, I knew it was going to get really bad. That's I've never heard that before. I heard 25% of uh, the power generated in Texas is wind power, uh, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with renewable energy as long as it works, and uh, then, then it was like 25%. So 25% of our power generation is down. And I heard there was some other plants that had frozen up. At least uh, I think the their cooling system cooled by water. Uh, that part had frozen up, so they couldn't run the the generators. And uh, so there were the uh, several plants that were down inside of inside of Texas. Now I don't really follow it since I'm just here in Southeast Texas in the Houston area. But uh, I, I figured it got cold up in uh, the other parts of Texas more regularly than than maybe what I'm thinking. I had uh, I'd heard a. Uh Texas Congressman uh, Dan Crenshaw had a great podcast today, and he had a guy on talking about this time of year in Texas, it's maintenance for some of the power plants because typically they don't have the big loads for the AC. Oh, right. 60-ish, 70-ish. So there was planned maintenance already in place and some power generation capabilities offline as part of the maintenance, and then this event happened. So that exacerbated the other things you mentioned. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, at least down in uh, Southeast Texas, when summer's coming, you're going to be generating uh, or needing to generate a lot of electricity. I think we need to get some more uh, nuclear power uh, uh, plants going. I, I've been uh, kind of seeing this stuff from uh, on uh, the science, the various science uh, channels on YouTube about uh, um, neighborhood uh, nuclear power generators where they bury them in the ground. They're good for like 20 or 30 years, and uh, they're self-protecting uh, where uh, uh, motors actually hold the, the, the fuel stack up. Uh, and then if you lose power, if it loses power, they drop down into the barium or whatever that stuff is, then water that shuts them down. But it's like enough to, to run two or 300 houses. And uh, I, I really like the idea of more localized uh, power production. Frankly, I would like to be able to, to make my own. However, they've They've uh, pretty much guaranteed me I'll never have access to a nuclear reactor in my house. <laughs> Something about putting it in a Jeep. I made some comment about putting one in a Jeep one time, and now now I've been blackballed. 
What about solar and batteries? Uh, who is it? There's a uh, there's a talk show host. covers up the solar panels. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a talk show host. Uh, I can't remember her name. Um, she's on the radio, and I think she does a podcast. Uh, but uh, Dana, I want to say. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm not. I can't remember. She was uh, somebody said that because she's also in Texas, and somebody recommended to her, you know, why don't you get some solar panels? And basically, she said she had enough solar panels to run her whole house uh, all the time. And it's it's dark outside because there's no sun because of the weather. And uh, the ice and the snow was blocking the, the solar panels. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you get out there with your uh, not a flamethrower from Elon Musk to clean that stuff up, I guess. Still doesn't give you any uh, sunlight, though. I love the idea of, uh, of all those renewable energies. Does anybody use any renewable energies at their house? Are you uh, running self-sufficient at all? You know, we've kicked around the idea of solar because uh, a lot of people in our area are getting credits to put, put those. You see them pop up all over the roofs uh, around here, and they're all but paying for them right now. I'd love to have some, but, man, it was uh, – I think uh, I did a calculation. I could spend about uh, six or seven grand, and this is just for the panels. Uh, not uh, not the I don't even, I don't think I included the converter and the uh, that part of it. No batteries. I just wanted to be able to to knock down my electric bill, and I think I was looking at um, I might have been able to get five five percent of my total uh, daily usage uh, from uh, solar panels. So I'd have I'd have to spend forty fifty sixty thousand dollars to get enough solar panels to uh make a huge make a dent or replace uh the uh you know what i the, what i'm pulling off the grid every day so i don't know if the if they get the prices down or the efficiency up i think it might be viable but it's it's like a, a lot of this stuff it's just not uh it, it seems like it's way too early for it and i understand you know you gotta you gotta walk before you can run but it seems a lot of the stuff is being pushed on us that it, it's just not ready yeah, I don't. I wish I was more self-sufficient. I I did go geothermal on my heat, and despite it being zero and ten degrees here, the house is toasty, so it's efficient, and it it's not. It still uses a lot of power, I guess, running the pumps, but it's not consuming like it would have if I would have been electric or even before. I had this house is old, and before, so I went from an oil burning furnace to a geothermal, and uh, so I had fuel oil before this. What kind of uh, depth are we talking about before you can start getting uh, something that's hot? It's it's quite quite deep, isn't it? No, I mean you get down in the soil. The the, the soil temperature. I'm trying to think something like fifty or five feet deep or so goes to fifty eight degrees. Oh wow! But that's why basements a lot of times are a little. You know they they're cool in the summer because it's fifty eight degrees, and they're they're actually warmer potentially in the winter. But then they might. I think my lines go a hundred feet down in the. Oh my god. Yeah. Well in geothermal, I'm learning about this in school a little bit. You don't look for the heat so much. You know, you're not digging and drilling to seventy degree rock or a hundred degree rock to get that temperature difference. You pretty much have an air conditioning unit. And instead of having your coil outside where it's taking Air conditioning, in principle, you you alter the temperature of your refrigerant by altering the pressure. 
So if you have 50 degree rock in the ground, if you get your refrigerant to like 20 degrees, it's got a 30 degree temperature difference and they can pull heat out of that 50 degree rock. And then when you get it inside, you increase the pressure and increase the temperature and then you can pull that heat back out of the refrigerant. Right, so, is that a heat exchanger or a heat exchanger? Um, so yeah, I mean, the temperature of the water is probably like 58 degrees and, and so, but I've got vertical ones that go down a hundred feet. Um, and they're three feet, I think three, three or four feet down. So they're below the frost line. And, and what's really cool though. So in the winter, if it gets sub zero, there's electric heat strips that kick in, but in the summer, man, this thing will freeze you out. The air conditioning aspect of it is beautiful. That's great. I love the sound of that. <laughs> yeah, when you say geothermal, I was thinking about you know some of the stuff I saw uh, on TV, science shows uh, back uh, like in the 90s and stuff where they were drilling down into the uh, the mantle of the earth and uh, no. where, where it was getting, you know, like hundreds of degrees and then you, you know, pump the water down there and it heats up the water. I mean, you could, you, and there's enough heat down there if you go deep enough where you could run a, a very uh, efficient steam engine uh, to generate electricity. So, uh, yeah, not that deep. Not yeah, that deep. Yeah. Well, I was, I, I got like excited when you said geothermal. I'm like, wow, this guy's got a, got a, a <laughs> massive that, setup there. Now, what was cool when they dug the well to my house, we were down at about 260, but somewhere around 200 feet down, they actually hit green plant tissue that was stuck there from one of the glacier movements, I guess. Wow. I was, we were pulling up leaves. I wish I, we didn't save any of the leaves. I, after, after the fact, I was like, man, that would have been great to take to the university and have them tell me what this was. Yeah, and but how long ago. That's we, interesting. We need to talk yeah, about these. We, we need to talk about these stories before you, before you say them because I, we could have had a great uh, little offshoot of uh, Jimmy Hoffa story that they drilled down <laughs> and DNA, and DNA results came back, you know? <laughs> oh, man. I've I've seen that Irishman video. I think he's in some concrete somewhere, but yeah, he was he was he's cremated. Gone. Yeah, he was cremated. He I was read cremated. that too. That's right. He was cremated. That, they threw the body in the. Yep. Yeah, I read I read that book twice. Great book. The movie was was for a movie for a movie made from a book was as close to the book as I've ever seen. Yeah. And uh, actually, I believe he was cremated at a funeral home just a couple miles from where I live. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I heard that they. Spot. Heard he was uh, shot in the back of the head and then uh, driven uh, just a, a few blocks uh, further to a crematorium that was quote unquote owned by the mob and uh, a body was taken care of, taken out. So, but still, you know, every time I hear about it, and I was surprised to find, and I'm thinking to myself, Jimmy Hoffa, you know, because he's never been found. <laughs> Him and Elvis are in the Bahamas. Elvis, yes. <laughs> Um, so just want to say a shout out here to, to Dustin, uh, Dustin, thank you. Uh, yeah, we're doing well here at, uh, the, uh, studio a headquarters. Some people were, uh, sending me some messages today about, uh, you know, how, uh, how am I doing? How's the family? And I uh, said, uh, you know, was there any problems? I said, the only problem I had was, uh, I got a black eye from standing in front of the fireplace a little too long. It's not your turn. Move, you know, and smack. <laughs> and, uh, yes, it was my wife that smacked me. <laughs> Wendy's not surprised. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so has anybody been out and there's Meters Bill. <laughs> <laughs> has uh, anybody been out uh, in the snow wheeling around or uh, doing any Jeep stuff? Well, we we did 
trip run yesterday to Gold Mountain, and uh, it's been it was kind of interesting on the backside. It doesn't get a lot of sun, and people had been through there since the last snow, and it was like driving in Disneyland on Autopia, where you have that track, you know. So the whole center part of the trail, the snow is up about what more to maybe a foot, yeah. and then you have the tire tracks beside it, and it was icy and slippery and. It was quite interesting. It's all in the shade. It was packed snow, uh, also known as ice, and it's all downhill. I don't think there's any way we could have turned around and made it back up. So it was just a controlled crash all the way down the north side, <laughs> uh, the back side of the hill. Uh, it was kind of fun. Uh, there was always an out, um, so we didn't worry too much about it. But I watched Don in my rearview mirror, and somehow or another his tires got in opposite or adjoining tracks and he was crab walking down the hill <laughs> yeah yeah uh Dom's going track? what the hell is going on here on your, on your tires <laughs> no 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 if i have to put chains on a four-wheel drive i typically drive the couch yeah we're not going out and idiots are there too yeah so li living in big bear i mean people just wait the snow and you could see it on all the Facebook accounts going, hey, who's doing a snow run? Who's doing a snow run? Hey, we're down for that. And it's, you know, it's about 1.2 million people that come up here. And, <laughs> and none of them know how to drive. And uh, they're all getting stuck. Um, there was one, oh, I don't know, a month and a half ago where some folks darn near ended up spending the night on Gold Mountain because they got up there. And it just dumped and they could not get off. Yep. So... You know, it's kind of like uh, Darwinism. So thinning of the thinning of the herd. <laughs> yeah, I've been out in it. Um, I took my ram out a lot in it because, uh, well, first off, my neighbors had a their son driving their Subaru and ended up getting head-on crashed in the this whole icy mess. Oh no. Yeah, they were doing probably 30, 40 miles an hour and ran into each other. It was a Suburban. And so I had to help them the first day this stuff hit and piled all of them into my truck. I had to go pick them up, took them all back home. And then uh, another reason he wasn't driving his Ford was because that whole uh, capless system crap that they've got going on, it, the, the flappers wouldn't let him put fuel in the in the truck because they were frozen. Oh, <laughs> so he had 40 miles to go, and he was like, I don't want to chance it. So they took their Subaru and ended up crashing their Subaru. So now they got to look for a, oh. a car now. And, no, but, so I'm, geez, guessing geez. The, I'm guessing the wife drives the Subaru, and he drives the Ford. So he was probably pretty happy with the decision. Well, her son is the one who drives the Ford. Oh, okay. The, the the Subaru was a, a family car. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to talk them into a Cherokee, Grand Cherokee. Well, be careful. Yeah. The Grand the Grand Cherokee has that stupid capless system. I got a 2020 Grand Cherokee for my wife last year, and it's got a got that same stupid capless system. Uh, they're, they're looking at like the, the WK1. Okay, like WK era. I, I haven't heard about grand. this this capitalist system, so I, I would assume there's a, a, a like a little door that's on most of the jeeps, and you open so, up that door and you just you stick your 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 hose in there and, and do your business. Yeah, so it's got like these two little plastic pieces that um, are like butterflies. Yeah, like little trap doors. So they they 
close, and then if you push pressure on them, they're supposed to open. Well, his was froze. That, that's probably done on purpose to make y'all go to electric cars. Oh, oh that's a good idea. Stupid. Yeah, because the electric car would be that way, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, look, actually, if you didn't have this, you'd have been fine in this weather. Right. Yeah, but Ford, Ford did it. I, I was still working with Ford because we had to uh, we had to come up with a way so there's a, a, a anti-roll valve. So if the vehicle should roll, fuel won't come out. Right. It's at the bottom of the neck. We had to develop tools, basically siphon hoses, because... Some of the vehicles, the Ford, uh, the Lincoln LS, and, and some of the Ford fuel tanks, and I'm sure others, the fuel delivery module, the pump is above, it's below the uh, below the top of the fuel tank in some configuration. So theoretically, if you had a vehicle come in with full, full tank, no, sorry, you had to pull the tank. If you remove that fuel delivery module, you're going to have fuel spilled inside the vehicle. So we had to develop a uh, special special siphon hoses to so siphon it to get past those systems. That was a problem. But Ford did it just to save money for the gas cap and to get away from the <laughs> evaporative emissions. No, they really did. I mean, a gas cap's a buck twenty-five, $2. No, I understand. It's a lot of money. Right? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And, and his, uh, it wouldn't be so bad because I had a Honda that had it, and it's got the one flat rather than the two flat. So I could see the one flat working better than the butterfly. I was but, yeah. I, I was actually thinking yeah. it would be bad for the evaporative system. I mean, you, you, right now you just can uh, unscrew the cap and screw a new one on. Uh, I can imagine that it would be a little more difficult with uh, with changing out a flap to get the the proper uh, seal. Uh, if if that's how they're doing the seal, I mean, I would assume they are. He's got evaporation emission system coming up on his dash too, so it it kind of doesn't work. <laughs> gotcha. This capless system you're referring to, there's no cap on the gas tank, right? No cap. You just stick right. the nozzle in and then pull it out, and it's closed. When did they they started doing that with the Wranglers uh, for the JKs or JLs? No, tw- twenty twenty Grand Cherokee. WK and so my Honda when, when you see the Wranglers, though, it looks like, what's the Wranglers that look like they don't have a cap on the outside? That's just a door over the cap. Yeah. They all have screw caps. I, I guess if it's a proper four-wheel drive, you're going to expect uh, some uh, some fuel spillage, so you need something that's a, a little more um, aggressive than a, a flap. Yeah. So, Tony, you were asking if anybody was out. On Monday, I took my wife to work. Can you see my picture on the Zoom meeting or no? Yes. <laughs> I like that. So that was a drifted road a mile from my house. They made one pass with the snowplow, and that's the way I got through it. I don't think I would have made it otherwise, because it, if it was just a small little drift, but it was it was pretty much that way for a half mile, and I, I think I would have been blowing snow over the hood of my Jeep. It might have made what? it. That's, that's a long way to go in that thick snow. Right, right. I busted through other drifts. There were other roads they hadn't plowed, and I went out and was playing. After I t- got my wife at work, then I thought, what the heck? So yeah. I went out. I went well, out, I'm the out there. <laughs> as, your, as your wife was getting out of the Jeep, did she say, now, I know you're not going back straight back home. I'm going to be at work. Don't call me. Take care of yourself. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming to get buddy. you. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would, I would assume that you would get high centered in something like that because of the the snow would just uh, uh, the, the the tires would be basically up too high. You'd eat through the snow, and the body of the jeep would be laying on on the snow, and you wouldn't be able to go anywhere. Is that kind of the, the situation like you would get in? Yeah. yeah, yeah, potentially. I, the worst. So back about thirty years ago, I had a little. Oh, what were those J body cars? Like like the low. They were. I, I don't remember what it was like. It was a Pontiac J series. And they were they were low to the ground, and I was at a meeting in February in northern Illinois. Drove it home through a blizzard, and the snow was. I mean, it, it was front wheel drive. I was cruising along, and it was it was pulling me right through the snow. The problem was I kept sucking snow and packing snow into the engine compartment oh, no. to the point that I had packed it so full that the engine shut down. Probably wasn't getting air. Wow. And so I had to walk a half mile to get a farmer to tow me backwards to his place, put it in his shop, and put a heater on it and thawed the car out. So we had to sit and drink peach brandy for a couple hours. Oh, God. The, the, oh, the hell oh, you God. had to go through. Yeah. <laughs> antifreeze. It was antifreeze, right. And it was yeah, one of you, some thawed out, wouldn't you guys? Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you guys want to hear the latest from Nikki G? Sure. I understand sure. if you. I understand if you want to say no, but we're going to listen anyway. Look. I said we are. Yeah, this thing's is not. It a, uh, is it a good joke this week? Uh, we, we will both <laughs> be surprised. Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, I gotta say, Tony, I kind of agree with you. If there is an option. Kinda. Or an upgrade you could do to your Jeep to make it more invincible, I guess is the word we're looking for. As in uh, lockers, a winch, skid plates. I, I agree. You should get all that on your Jeep as uh, you can afford it. And upgrade your Jeep as much as possible so you can easily climb over those obstacles. But on the other side of the coin, I gotta say I, I agree with Josh. Uh, you should get your Jeep or your vehicle. And if it's stock, wheel it. Wheel the snot out of it and see what it can do. And then uh, every time you upgrade it, take it out on that same trail. You might just find out that, uh, yeah, I had a hard time getting over this obstacle, but disconnected sway bars and a little bit of lift. Now I have articulation. I, it does this now. And uh, you, you get to learn what your vehicle can do and how everything you do to it changes it. It kind of reminds me of uh, what my father said to me right before he kicked the bucket. Here it comes. He said, Nikki G, how far do you think I can kick this bucket? <laughs> and surprisingly, it wasn't as far as I thought it would be. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. So uh, let's rate Nikki G. Is it uh, well between one and ten? What, what does Nikki G get this week? Ten, because he... <laughs> Listen to the show last week, and he actually couldn't make a decision. He had to agree with both of you. With both you. I'm sorry. Ten would be the low or the high. The high. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. We we had done a collaboration video around Christmas time, and whoever put this, the guy who put this all together, those ten YouTubers, we all put stuff in the in the video, and I'm watching one segment. The guy's talking about fire extinguishers, and I'm like. I know that guy for somewhere, and it wasn't until 
I looked away and just started listening and yeah. wasn't watching him. That's freaking Nikki G. <laughs> then I see his banner up top. I'm like, oh, okay, Nikki G. Nikki G. and the 10 minute <laughs> uh, podcast. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nikki G's been uh, been doing stuff here for the show for a long time, and it, it and I think you guys, if you, uh, it probably doesn't come any, any surprise to you. It wasn't anything that was worked out. It wasn't any kind of discussion or anything. He just called in from the on the voicemail, and he was he did, he, he did made sure that he called in every week and had a little something to say, and it was That's just it was enough. it was just plain voicemails, and I started putting some uh, some production around it and uh, got that. Uh, that little intro uh, made for it because he was just so consistent with it. And uh, now he produces all that stuff. So he has all the sound effects in there that I used to do. So he's producing his own voicemails, uh, uh, so to speak. Well, how about that? That's pretty cool. Yeah. So he just beat you down until he accepted it, huh? Oh, Nikki G's always been a, a treat because, I mean, it's, he's it's, good. it's one of those he's groaners, good. you know, where you can always make fun of Nikki G. We used to talk a lot about the uh, – uh, aluminum foil so he couldn't communicate with the mothership so it was yeah. <laughs> it was it's just all in fun yeah he's a good guy and and man i mean he's got that podcast now and he still makes time for us actually i think he uh he calls into a couple other podcasts uh, jeep podcasts that uh, are off-road podcasts uh as well wow a man of many talents yeah yeah that's what uh uh he keeps telling wendy yeah. Not, yeah, his, not you, Wendy, wife. but his wife, Wendy. Yeah, yeah, no, his wife. Yeah, I, I knew who you meant. So uh, we asked last week during the uh, campfire side chat about uh, the uh, Super Bowl uh, ad. I think it was last week. We got a couple of phone calls in with uh, folks that weren't in the uh, the Zoom room. Uh, wouldn't they weren't around the virtual campfire? But yet they wanted their uh, their thoughts to be heard. So let's uh, let's listen to the first one. Hey guys, I think you lo- uh, you missed the real reason why Jeep pulled that uh, ad, uh, that Springsteen ad. It wasn't because of some non-DUI issue. It was because of the shitstorm they saw brewing from the blatant political ad. Not to mention the red star of China and the non-inclusive map of the U.S. Anyhow, just calling to say, Ruck Rack, made in the USA. Enjoy your show. Can't wait until uh, next Friday. Bye. Yeah, I uh, I still somebody sent me that uh, maybe it was you Chris that actually sent me a link to that uh, that ad. I haven't I have not looked at it yet. I think I heard it was political and I didn't want to get pissed off is the reason why I hadn't seen it yet. It was. <laughs> it, it, it didn't she didn't show the product like we like we discussed last week. Well, exactly. It was kind of weird to follow, honestly. It was like where are they going and then you realize, wait, there's a subliminal message here. What are they doing? Does it, good. Well, it took does me. It was way past the video, so I figured I'd seen it again and realized it was actual Jeep commercials. I heard him going on about it. I thought, well, there's politics. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> right. So does it make any sense to anybody why you would want to do a political? I mean, the, the country is very very much divided uh, 50-50. Uh, it, does it make any sense where you'd want to piss off 50% of the people? Well, may, maybe it was a marketing ploy to get us to talk about it, and we're still talking about it. So maybe that was part of it. Uh, well, damn it! I don't like being controlled, Mom. <laughs> That's you know how how marketing this day works, or the media. You know they they want to spark us to either react in a positive or negative way, and negative publicity still publicity. You know, you wonder. Uh, you know, have they ever done a market study to show how many liberals own jeeps and how many conservatives own jeeps? 
and then you you click this commercial and it wasn't political in the sense that it was talking about unity for the country which is a very good thing my problem is they wait until biden's elected to try to unify and it feels like for the last four years everybody's been trying to divide and exactly. it's just it's that's the frustrating part. My opinion is it's been yeah. being divided for a lot longer than that. Well, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. The politically incorrect statement is I got your unity right here. <laughs> <laughs> and ain't the first time they've tried to talk down to you instead of just to you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they know better. We're not smart enough to take care of ourselves. You know, the, the Hawkeye ad, the Bill Murray ad, those were classics. Oh, Bill Murray, yes. that was great. great. Yes. Yes. You're going to freeze you. You're going to freeze to death. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> See you tomorrow. I wonder if that was the original Phil. I bet you it wasn't. I thought it was the original Phil, wasn't it? What kind of lifespan do those things have? That, that movie was out, what, 10, 15 years ago? Oh, it's more than that. Really, nineties movie, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. that's a bad thing about getting old. It just seems like everything was yesterday. <laughs> it was. I don't or know. If that, I don't yesterday. know. I don't know if that's the, the normal thing, or the the brain cells are starting to, to fry, and you just go, "Oh yeah, it was yesterday." <laughs> somebody says something about nineteen seventy two or something. Go, oh, yeah, I remember seventy two, and then somebody says that was uh, fifty, sixty years ago, and I go, "Holy crap!" Yeah. Groundhog Day was 1993. Yep. My God. I didn't think it was the early 90s at all. Ah, gee. So, hey, have you guys. Caddyshack. Oh, about about that time, wasn't it? Earlier than that. Probably. It was in the 70s. 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it had been the 80s. Somebody will look it up. 80. Actually, it was 1980. Oh, my goodness. Right on the dot. Long time ago, I wonder if the uh, if the uh, not chipmunk. What was that thing? The uh, gophers. I wonder because I remember that that <laughs> that thing about he was the, the Scottish guy was saying go out there and kill the gophers. And Bill Murray's like, well, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if I go out and kill the go- golfers, uh, there'll be police involved and uh, <laughs> put them away for life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the Scottish guy gets pissed off because he can't understand English. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee those those are some funny shows did you guys know that uh um uh, harold ramus was the director of uh of caddyshack the the no. same guy that was egon in uh, ghostbusters right yeah and then he ghostbusters too though i think he was part of that process even though he played in the part i think he was part of the either director or producer or something for ghostbusters who was well, harold ramus no, Harold no, Ramis. Uh, Harold Ramis was in the movie, so he was definitely yeah, no, part I, of it. I think he was part of the production or some, oh, something to do with it. I could see Either that. Right, or he was a producer or something of Ghostbusters. You yeah, guys, I mean, he, he, he could do that. I mean, look at what Clint Eastwood's done, right? Oh, very exactly. Uh, do you guys remember the movie Stripes? No, yeah. it was classic. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that. <laughs> Harold Ramos did a good job. I mean, I remember watching that movie and going, "Who the hell is this guy? He has no acting ability whatsoever." <laughs> He's perfect, though. but yeah, he was funny. He was really good in that. Yeah. I mean, some of the scenes, uh, some of the faces and stuff that he'd make was uh, were, were pretty funny. I really enjoyed yeah. that. I still use the uh, when somebody gets a little too upset about something. Uh, uh-huh. I, I still use the "settle down, Francis" line 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still use the Angemima treatment. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> he remembers. <laughs> the edge of what? No the Angemima treatment. Yeah. Oh, he gotcha. throws the grill on top of the uh, stove the and range and oh, of course, yes, spatula. Yeah, the the best line in that movie, maybe one of the best lines, is when Bill Murray and Harold Ramis are in the recruiter's office in the army, and they're they're obviously they're gonna sign up, and uh, the recruiter pauses and he looks over, he makes a face, he says, uh, "This is just a question we have to ask." Or <laughs> either one of you. Uh, homosexual and bill murray gives him that look and he goes you mean like flaming and he looks at harold ramus and harold ramus is all nervous he goes no sir but we're willing to learn and he goes i'm gonna put you down as a no and a no <laughs> yeah i remember that it was really funny <laughs> there's a lot of uh, good lines that uh, you can use from that movie in various situations i, I like doing that a lot and uh, you guys may have noticed it here on the show and uh, if you don't get it, it makes me feel really good that I it was so obscure <laughs> that it was nothing that you could make sense of. I don't know why I get so much enjoyment from that. I love it when Josh when Josh looks at me and is either like you know timely reference or doesn't get it at all because Josh usually gets them. Interesting. Uh, I guess I call it a useless fact about Groundhog Day, Bill Murray, and Harold Ramis, and because uh, I've always been a fan of Harold Ramis, Bill yeah. Murray, all those guys. Groundhog Day, uh, Harold Ramis, he was a producer for that too, I believe, or maybe the director. He had a creative, um, he was, well, he was a doctor, right? Remember, he played a brief part as the doctor that checked him out. Yeah. Bill Murray, surprisingly, wanted that movie to be more philosophical and a little more serious and not as much as a, of a comedy. Really? Bill Murray wanted that. Harold oh. Ramis disagreed. They had such a disagreement, they never talked again. Wow! Even in, when Harold Ramis died, if you watch the the tribute to him, Bill Murray goes on and on and is holding out of the mic. They're pulling the mic out of his hand because he he just has a moment you can tell where he realized, "Wow, I I never talked to my former friend in years." And wow. just you just watch that; it's eerie. If you knew that before it, you watch it and you can tell he's just having a moment. He's like, "Oh wow, I really." really messed up i should not have you know cut the guy out of my life yeah. i bet you didn't make it uh, make it any better that uh, harold ramus was proven uh, correct <laughs> with right. how well the movie did <laughs> yeah that's a shame that, that's a good point i mean i'm, I'm sure there's people in, uh, in in y'all's lives that you've cut out that uh, probably for a very good reason and uh, you kind of wonder uh if there would ever be a situation where you would uh, uh you know put them back in your life even briefly so um, yeah, you know, it's tough. <laughs> I just cut out family. Only if they're standing yeah. in front of my window. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm really surprised at people that can still be friends with their exes. Uh, you know, that's always weird. Yeah. I don't get those people. Is it, is it because you have kids? Does that count? Well, Maybe. it hasn't been that way for me. I, I uh, got away from her, and I've been uh, really happy to uh, stay distance. I mean, I, I think that people were telling me way back when you, you have children together that you're gonna there's gonna be events that you have to go to. You might as well be civil to one another. And it's like, yeah, I didn't kill her, so that's civil. That's as, as much civil as I'm <laughs> I'm willing to go. And uh, so, yeah, 
Uh, actually, my uh, my uh, oldest son uh, recently got married, and uh, he uh, invited me to come to his uh, ceremony, which was just in the in the backyard of the their house. And uh, thank God my ex wasn't there. So it, you know, people were telling me there would be those moments where you have to share uh, stuff with your children. Uh, it, it didn't work out that way for me, and I'm I'm really glad. I hate to say it, I but still, I don't think I would have gone if she was going to be there. I still miss my ex, but my aim's getting better. <laughs> it's what is it that that uh, country western song uh my uh my my wife uh, left me and she took my dog and damn i missed that dog yeah yeah exactly that's where you say that but that's not why i'm calling that's right <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah so, so i've hey. been married 39, 39 years and you know 20 years of happy marriage but I miss my I miss my jeeps that I've traded in or sold. So five for your wife, I'm assuming. If it was twenty happy years for you, <laughs> <laughs> probably right. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It I, is. Miss my, I miss my old jeeps. You're looking over. You're trying to make like sure she doesn't slap you. So you got out of the the relative relative warmth of your Jeep to take that picture in the uh, three foot uh, deep snowdrift or four foot snowdrift. I had, but I, there was too good of an opportunity to take that. I, oh, I understand. You had to. It's an awesome picture. Yeah, it's yeah, great. It was, good. It was yeah, my Instagram needed a boost, so I had some more followers then. But but there you yeah. go. But you couldn't flex you know, one of those uh, one of those tires up on the uh, on the bank there a little bit. No. You know, I I didn't because so my tow truck <laughs> driver friend of mine is the guy that plowed out my driveway so I could even try to get her out. I I might have made that too, but it was a lot nicer when he showed up at six thirty and plowed the driveway goodness, and got rid yes. of the three foot drifts. So I didn't have the heart to call him up saying, "Hey, I was dicking around and I went in the ditch and I'm I'm yeah. here <laughs> get me." Hey, you, you know what? You know that favor you did for me this morning. Uh, is yeah. uh, is are you out of favors yet? Because <laughs> yeah. I got a doozy for you. <laughs> but I got but I got a great picture out of it. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll be right there. That yeah. makes all the difference. I got a great picture, but I need your help getting my Jeep and stuff. Yeah, for the Jeep talk show. Because <laughs> if you look at this, the the snow there was three feet deep, but the ditch is another three feet deep. So. You know, six feet on either side of me, the, the six feet of snow because the wow. snow drips and it fills the ditch all the way full. So right. if you go to the ditch, you're, you're not in three foot of snow, you're in six foot of snow. Yeah, that's yeah. that's good. Oh yeah. my gosh, I just, I just love the sound of that six feet of snow. I just, oh, I think it'd be so much fun. I've seen, I've seen snow like two or three times in my life and it was in the 70s. We need to get you out here, Tony. You need to come visit. California. Let's go to New Mexico and do a snow skiing trip, Tony. How yeah. long? How long do you have to be? In, how long do you have to be in the snow before you hate it? About five minutes, because I'll hand you a shovel as soon as you show up. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, you live in one of the most beautiful places on the planet, yet you're yes. still bitching about it. <laughs> well, the nice thing about our snow is, if we don't like it, we drive thirty minutes and we're down in the desert. Yeah. So, Tony, you haven't called out. Travis has been on here, but he's been muted the whole time. Yeah, that's thing. right. What's going on, Travis? <laughs> he's eating Cheetos. Travis, Travis is eating and drinking. He's having a good old time right now. Yes, I'm does. eating, but not drinking. Yeah, I'm listening what? in. What? Uh, not drinking. Wait, Travis, what? You're not drinking? Uh, not drinking, yeah. He's, I, he's big balling. Again, last Thursday was 
after Valentine or being Katie's Valentine, so I had a few beverages and just kept it going to the show. Today, I'm not drinking. I've got to be at work, bright eyed and bushy tailed, and there wasn't a reason to celebrate. So I'm sitting here sober and I'm much quieter when I'm sober. I kind of listen in and <laughs> I don't have as much to say. I'm a writer. I'm making notes. Yeah. So, uh, Travis, you, you bring up an interesting point, uh, the bright-eyed and bushy-tailed thing. Is that a special brush, or do you use that brush for your hair as well as your bushy-tail? It's both, bushy-tail and uh, for that's, the that's not. A, I see that. I mean, you know, why have a, a different brush? I mean, if you if you bathe yourself properly, it shouldn't matter, right? Correct. Just one brush and good. If you do it soon enough, yeah. Yeah. Just right out and boom, good to go. Now we would have yeah, a, a much longer answer if he had been drinking. <laughs> much longer, yes. More detail. The light goes off. It turns. It's turned orange right now. Machitos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're no, they're 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 the white cheddar cheese puffs. Oh. They're good. Oh, yeah. much help. So Travis, last week did you did you chime in on the the Super Bowl commercial, the uh, the the politicalization of uh, Jeep's uh, uh, commercial there on the Super Bowl? Did, were you were you part of that? I did, yes, I did because I was drinking and had a lot to say. Um, <laughs> just, I got into it. Uh, no, I'm, did they need to pull it? No, they didn't. Did I appreciate it? Not really. It is what it is. <laughs> say what you want, but you know, it was just again. Companies getting into too much marketing. If a company itself is, and I, and I had a, a standpoint of different things I like and don't like, but if a company is going to make a standpoint, I'm going to vary my opinion of that company based on what they're allowing to happen. I don't think Jeep set out to make a negative, um, you know. But again, why do it at all? Just I, do what you do. Sell strange. Jeeps. Yeah. Be proud. Um, you know, when a company makes its opinion be heard, you know, positive or negative, that's going to vary my opinion of the companies. I don't, I don't think they were trying to do that. I think they were, again, jumping on the bandwagon of every media platform everywhere and running that route. Um, it, but is, it, it's it doesn't seem it like the, the group that you'd want to be talking to. I mean, no. the football no, people no. and the Jeep people. So, I don't know. Maybe they're going for a... A larger audience uh, to to sell their uh, their uh, fuzzy little uh, French vehicles to more people, and and we got one more voicemail here about the uh, uh, about the Jeep Bowl, the the Super Bowl ad. Let's uh, listen to that real quick. Hey guys, I just got finished listening to that show and uh, the comments about the Bruce Springsteen and how no, that wouldn't it wouldn't bother me at all. But what I think the Jeep should have done was renegotiate that contract with that guy. I love his music, but I hate the guy. And because uh, he's going to get paid every time that thing goes on the air. And I think they should have just renegotiated that contract so that he didn't make any money on it. That would have been the right thing to do. Of course, it's hard to negotiate uh, a lower a lower amount with somebody that's uh, already being paid. I, I, I think that would be the... <laughs> I mean, if you could just say you could dictate, then yeah, you could do that. But uh, negotiate? No, I doubt very seriously, unless Bruce was uh, feeling really bad about what he did. So, but could you compare the Jeep commercial for Unity to the Clydesdale commercial after nine eleven from Budweiser? No, that's huh. oh come on. I still, I'm, just, 
I still no, remember just, that song. There's no comparison. That Clydesdale thing, that's awesome. Isn't it? There was I no mean, catastrophe. But you think maybe maybe Jeep had that in the back of their mind that maybe they could try to help pull the country together? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't agree with it. I didn't like it, but I love the Clydesdale. <laughs> Who's yeah. to say what they were thinking on it? They weren't. Well, I think the 9 11 pulled the country together. There's nothing about this election that pulled us it, together. They should have just stuck to. To adventurous. Like, well, and if you guys saw the Budweiser commercial, the horses weren't in it this year either. They did their own sort of unit thing as well, some community thing. It was all about people, so they they blew it too, in my opinion. I actually turned the the game off, and I I boycotted most of it as I did most of the season. And when yeah. they when they threw their right before the halftime, they threw up that NFL commercial that was another political statement. That's yeah. when I turned off, and I, I didn't watch the rest of the, the game. Well, yeah, but it's just like when you tell your wife you bought me Jeep parts, it's all about timing. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so, go ahead. I was going to say, does, does anybody have any interest or knowledge in which is the best programmer for a, a JK? I may maybe be looking at one of those that I could hook up and like change my tire pressure settings and tweak my leak my JK a little bit, but I don't, I'm just starting to research it. They're expensive. I know that. Yeah. Well, there's a $25 one that you can start doing some of that with. But then, <laughs> then it goes up to over 200 real quick. Oh, that's I realize that when you, when you uh, put the bigger tires on, your mileage racks up slower. Yeah. Great for resale value. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Just saying, I don't have to put it on blocks and put it in reverse. Yeah, right. yeah. Best dealer's day off. I would say the one ten percent. There's another. I would say the one that uh, Extreme Terrain sells. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like brown. Okay. Um, it seems to do really good, and it does a lot more. Depending on if you have a Rubicon, it does a, a way more. But cool. um, yeah, they're. You They've got a lot of options for you. What's the one that AEV makes? Is that the ProCal? It is. Okay. I'm, I know it's capable of quite a bit. Um, I just have, and it came with the Jeep. It was a super chip. You know, you can plug it in. You can, I actually adjusted the timing to get a little bit more power out of that boat anchor that we have, that 3.8. Um, and I run premium now. But what it wouldn't do is when I went and took the Rubicon electric disconnect for the sway bar the front sway bar i took that out the sway bar light continued to blink and blink and blink and nothing had a way to other than black electrical tape on the dash light um <laughs> you, you really couldn't get rid of it and i i found it's um it's an obt obd2 bluetooth and then you download software on your phone and I was wow. able to get pretty deep and turn that off finally. But I couldn't do any tuning with it or anything. But I, um, it, and it was only like 19 bucks or 25 bucks, something like that. And the app was free. Uh, took a couple of apps to download that would talk to that one uh, before I finally found one that I liked. But the nice thing about it is I was also able to read codes and do a couple of things on my Dodge Ram uh, Cummins. So, Jim, do you so have a stick shift? Is a sticker auto? 
It's auto. The JK? No, chips. Mine's mine. The my JK oh. is auto. I've I had my CJ's manual. My TJ was manual, but this one's auto. I was gonna say because the I haven't bought it yet, but one of the features I've been looking at was that that taser is for JL. Is that it'll actually you can program it to you can hold the brakes with the steering wheel buttons while you're trying to manipulate everything else if you're climbing up and over things. Oh. This, That's a, uh, yeah, because that you know when I'm when we're actually going through things, the times that you're riding a brake, trying to you know do every, you run out of body parts to hold things with. <laughs> <laughs> that so, that just uh, crap out of me though. Like go back to the old CJ. It had points, condenser, a carburetor that you could mess with. If something right. fouled up, chances are you could fix it on the trail. Right. The right. new one, right. all the electronics, it just scares me to death. Well, it's, yeah. it's less likely to fail, though, now, isn't it? What's that? It's less likely to fail now, though, isn't it? Right. You don't think so? I, th I think that the, the the newer technology has made, uh, well, I mean, my God, if you can go 100,000 miles with uh, with one set of spark plugs, uh, gee, right. my, my 327 that I had, I had to change spark plugs out any time. I didn't feel like I was getting enough horsepower out of the thing. Uh, so it just didn't accelerate right. I say it again? Yeah, but Tony, you can put a modern spark plug in an old 327. Oh no! It was yeah. it was it yeah, was it wasn't modern at the time. I mean, it was uh, I guess uh, uh, ten ten or fifteen years after the uh, three twenty seven actually came out. So this is back in the seventies. Yeah, part of what makes that plug last is power management. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The electronics on it, it's just uh, it's a lot different, and the tolerances I think are better. I, I know that the, the the Jeep that I have now, that's like I said, approaching twenty five years old is a lot better technology than any of the vehicles that I had in the, the, the well, I didn't have the vehicle in the 60s, but a 60s model vehicle or 70s and certainly 80s. 80s were just crap. 70s were pretty bad, too. Uh, but well, here's, uh, one, here's one that I learned. Don and I did a video on the uh, Rugged Ridge winch, and we had a little issue with it. The, the line was breaking loose from the spool. It was a synthetic line, and that's another topic. Don't get started. <laughs> uh, but Don was at the top of the hill, and I wasn't about to make him walk down this very steep hill. So I took off my seatbelt, set the parking brake, uh, put it in park, and got away from the Jeep and walked out front just to make sure. It was a wireless remote, so you know I could have the remote in my hand, and I could watch the drum turn. Sure enough, the drum's turning, the line's, the line's not. So, you know, we had to kind of help it by leaving it in gear. But what I learned is when I got back in the Jeep and went to put my seatbelt on, it would not come out because the seatbelt thing had locked it in place because of this slope that we were on. So I feel naked without seatbelts. So I had to do that without any safety belt on. Wow. Yeah, so I, it's something, something you I, learn. I, I agree. Uh, I agree that somewhat related, Bill, and, and I, I believe that, and I've worked on cars for years, and I agree the technology is better, but I believe it's going backwards. Interesting. I, I, I think it's it's too much. It's it's long. I mean, yeah, we're getting a lot better fuel economy and everything else, but, and I know Larry and I have chatted about some of the quirks he's had with his JL that's a manual, and just recently, my JK, 
for a week or so, the traction light was coming on and off and, and making a beep and, and sporadically. I'm like, all right, I got a, a wheel sensor or something going out or something's dirty and it wouldn't stay on. And, and it was a little more persistent. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to get under it. I'm check the wires as best I could, but I'm going to have to pull the wheel off and, you know, get, get a little more involved in it. And then uh, I, I was going to do that. I, I took it to the car wash and uh, was going to pull it in the shop where I work and warm it up and take a look at it. I walked out there and it was dead. My key fob wouldn't work. Completely dead. Like, wow, this is odd. So I opened the door. No lights, nothing. Completely dead. Like, hmm. Okay, maybe the battery died. It's a newer, it's two-year-old battery, interstate battery. So I popped the hood. And I'm, I'm looking just, just to make sure. I'm like, okay. Well, I'll get my jumper cables out, and I'll, I'll roll it back out of the snow mound and go inside and ask one of the guys to jump it. I got in it. I opened the door again. I got in, and I just jostled it, and it went nuts. The alarm went off because I had unlocked it with the key and not set it. It just went crazy. But fired it up, started it up, pulled it in, started it up again, nothing, let it sit, looked for wires, everything. The only thing I could find, very simple, that, the negative po the negative battery connection, I could move it. It wasn't loose, but I could move it yeah. if I tried. And when I connected my winch with that, it's got the little stud on the top. It it wasn't, you know, it got deformed a little bit putting the winch in there. Cleaned it up, tried to put a spacer in there, but it was too big. But cleaned it up, got it tightened back down, and haven't had an issue. It was simple. It was a ground issue. I'm sure that's why it was dead when it was, but it that's on a JK. That was, and and I haven't yeah. had the traction light come on. That's that's a little gremlin, and that's a simple vehicle. The JL, and and as much as I want a Gladiator, I, I really want a Gladiator. Besides the cost, I'm like, I might just pick up another JK when the time comes. You know, it's 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 funny. From it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Tammy had an issue with when she was hooking up her uh, additional lights, those little uh, pods that she has on the uh, uh, up, up around the uh, the A pillar. And uh, she she had problems with it because she hooked it up to the battery, but it needed to be hooked uh, in a different spot on the battery. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, it's there's a it's a positive and negative post, and if it's metal and it's attached, it shouldn't matter where you connect it. But but right. she had a problem with where it was physically attached on that on those posts. And I'm I'm thinking to myself. My God, what the hell's going on with these people? You know, it reminds me, I, I saw a uh, an Apple uh, video recently uh, where they were, and I think I mentioned this before, where they were uh, trying to take a, uh, a camera module from another um, modern, uh, recent uh, iPhone and put it into a, a broken uh, iPhone that the camera was uh, was no longer functioning. And they, they couldn't do it because the serial number that was in for that camera didn't match what the the manifest or whatever for that phone. So Apple what? is literally going through the process of serializing the components so that they will only work if they you know you have their equipment so that you can say this part can work. What happens when they start doing that with vehicles? I can tell That's you what's going to happen. You're going to well, I can tell you what's going to happen. People are going to defeat it much like a a Keurig uh, coffee, uh, uh, single coffee uh, uh, cup maker. It's you're gonna you're gonna get rid of that crap. But that's the th type of thing that the government, not the government, the companies are trying to do these days. Yeah, but if you look at like like your uh, Traverse and several of the GM line cars, that radio is programmed for that system. 
So when you change, if you have to change the radio, it has to be, you have to take it in. It has to be programmed to work in that system because it, none of them, none of them are just radios anymore. You're not just tuning your AM, your FM. There's a lot of systems that are part of that. So it all has to be programmed to that system. Otherwise you can't just go to the boneyard and, you know, pull one out and plug it in and go because everything else it interacts with, it won't do it because it's not serialized for your system. Do you think but that's I a good thing or a bad thing? It's a thing. I, I, I think that's for, I, that's, that I, I see that as anti-theft because I had my FM tuner and my, my original uh, radio in my JK. The FM tuner failed. Don't <laughs> ask me how, but I lost FM. And I, was, I, I have a, a Bluetooth uh, FM modulator. So I got a radio from a guy off eBay, $100. And I know with the Chryslers and the Jeeps, you have to have a code. So I had to go to the dealer, give them my VIN, sign a form saying, you know, it's not a stolen radio. And they gave me right. a six-digit code. There's, I think, 60-some codes you can get off the Internet if you want to spend the time going through it. But that's for anti-thought. So the radio I can right. see. Well, I was thinking about the infotainment center like uh, that we reported on. I think it was the, uh, uh, the more modern uh, Jeep Cherokee that somebody was taking over. Uh, throttle control and stuff on it while it was uh, while it was rolling down the the street and then it was being done through the basically the radio so that's what i th- i was thinking that he was talking about where it's actually the infotainment center is actually tied into the other systems of the jeep or of the vehicle that uh the chevy that he was talking about i i remember that episode tony and and i still and i don't know electronics or runability as well as i should but Vehicles run on a CAN bus system, don't they? I mean, the the yeah. brains, the newer the ones, yeah. on a Mine CAN do. bus system. I, I just, I mean, I, I know I, I heard the story, I read about it. I have a hard time believing that is as real a threat as it is. Uh, I just, you I and do. me both. It, it was, you know, I was, I was very surprised. I couldn't imagine that they would put that much kind of that kind of level of control in an infotainment center. Uh, center. Uh, it just doesn't doesn't compute for me. I mean. I guess it's a good place to have a computer and offload things, but it just—it just seems like it should be on a you know a chip that's uh, stuck to the inside of the firewall, not not something that's in the radio. Yeah, Didn't that right. happen airline a few years back, where some guy flying on the plane, a passenger, hacked into the system through the entertainment system in the back of the seat? <laughs> I remember hearing something about that, and he temporarily <laughs> took control of the of the. Of the cockpit. So we're we're no longer going. You, you don't have to stand up with a gun and say, uh, "Take me to Cuba." You can just fly yourself and let them wander <laughs> the entire way. Yeah. Back to the whole radio thing. My uh, Ram and my uh, wife's JK, they both have to have a module for you to, like, pretty much basically put a radio aftermarket into the vehicle, because if you don't, it, you just get a power wire and uh, like speaker wires, that's it. Because like the elimination for your uh, headlights and stuff to dim the screens, uh, they don't work unless you have this module for a right. CAN bus right. and it's programmed. And if it doesn't, if you don't have that, then basically it's just bright screened all the time. I need when to I read, got my truck. It was that way. I need to read more about the the CAN bus system because <clears> I was unaware of it until Josh actually mentioned it on the show one day, and I was like blown away. It's basically they're doing network through the power system. Uh, and uh, I'd, I'd like to know more about that. I don't have to know more about it because none of the vehicles we have uh, use that. They're all older vehicles, and yeah. uh, that's that's kind of uh, on purpose. Um, Chevy got really bad about it by 
doing a lot of stuff to their radios, uh, like your door dinger. Like if your door was open and it would ding at you. Right. Uh, my brother-in-law has one. He has a cobalt and he didn't hook it up properly and he just kind of made it work. And now he doesn't have a door dinger. Like if the gas gauge goes uh, with the little yellow light that goes, that bongs at you. Right. Uh, it, it don't work <laughs> like a bunch of the warning label. Like he's like, it's kind of nice because it doesn't work anymore. Oblivious. Yeah. <laughs> Head in the sand kind of driving. It's just yeah. none of those pesky warnings. Hey, uh, uh, switching subjects here real quick. Uh, have you guys, uh, during this whole COVID thing, has anybody been to a Jeep event? Yes. What was it? Was it a proper one or did just uh, behind a building someplace? Yes. <laughs> Smoky, Mountain, Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion. Did, did they have any? Did they have any problems uh, getting that together? Was there like uh, wondering if it was going to happen or not? No, that one was kind of in the was in the middle of everything where we everybody came out of lockdown and they weren't sure what was going to happen again. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you had to wear a mask when you were inside, but uh, there wasn't many people there because I kept hearing about how busy it was going to be, and that really wasn't the case. But it was a good event. That's interesting. Yeah, I, went, I went to that as well. I mean, it was a great event, and they wanted you. They were selling masks if you didn't bring one with you. But then there was a couple guys wandering around in there eating peanuts, and so since they were eating, they just had this bag of peanuts in their hand all day long. <laughs> yeah. They never wore their masks because they said they were eating. So yeah, like like Chris said one day, it's as long as you're drinking something. It's, right. It's so right. stupid. <laughs> but but that was I thought it, it was the first time I went to the Smoky Mountain Jeep invasion, but. It was a great event, I thought. It, it wasn't yeah. really impact, but it was it was well done. A lot of vendors there. Some vendors didn't come, um, but I. And then I guess what the Easter Jeep Safari coming up, they got it passed now where they can do the event, but no vendors. Oh God. Mm. So well, that's coming up. I mean, how how much can we screw people? I mean, screw companies out of money. I mean, this is this. These are big things for these companies. Well, I, yep. I may find that this, this is uh, a similar thing whenever I go to uh, the uh, uh, Lone Star Jeep Invasion coming up here uh, March uh, 12th and 13th. But um, So, Isaac, I'm sorry. I keep muting you because there's a lot of noise that's coming from you. So if you, if you see that you're mu- muted, that, that's why. It, uh, it sounds like the phone or something's being moved around uh, or something's moving across the microphone. So I apologize for uh, uh, continuing to, to mute you, but uh, it's really loud. Uh, anyway, the, uh, the the Lone Star Jeep invasion that's coming up uh, mid-March, uh, the 12th and the 13th, uh, I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm thinking that they're, since their first uh, outing, which was two years ago now, because it was canceled last year, uh, they had like over 600 Jeeps out there, and it was really a, a surprisingly big event, and actually my first uh, Jeep event to go to, so I was really happy to see that such a great turnout. And I'm thinking that uh, because people have been uh, unable to go to a, the Jeep events, that we might actually see some out of towners coming. And uh, we, uh, I, I interviewed uh, Keith Ellis with Lone Star Jeep Invasion, and uh, he had some very interesting things to talk about uh, for uh, for this uh, this event that's coming up from around the world. Or from your city. 
and sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. All right, boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview, and uh, this week we're going to be talking with Keith Ellis. Uh, you may remember that name, or Andrea, uh, from the Lone Star Jeep Invasion. Uh, these poor people have had one event uh, two years ago, wasn't it, Keith? It's, it's two years ago now, right? Because yes, last year, and damn it, I was ready to go. I was going to make the, the trip out there in my uh, my red little Jeep. It's a good time of year for my, my overheating Jeep to actually be able to make it out there without uh, overheating. And they canceled it. And this was, this was you know, about this time uh, last year. Uh, it, it was March. And this one coming up is March as well. And it's still cool enough here where I don't have problems on the highway. So, damn it, Keith, are you, are we actually going to have a Lone Star Jeep invasion this year? Or are you just teasing me? Uh, you know what? We, we battled with the county uh, over and over last year. And we understand that it's a county facility. And they didn't really give us a choice. Uh, six days before the event was going to happen is when they shut the county down. But they promised us this year, the county judge promised us this year, the show will go on. So can't you get like a big group of Jeepers and go and uh, like harass these people that make the decisions? You know, like the, like like people have been doing across the country to, you know, get their political will. You just, you just go take a bunch of Jeepers, drive around their houses and say, look, you know, you just need to let this thing happen. Have you considered that? I mean, I think that would be a great idea. We considered that, but we didn't <laughs> want to be considered insurrectionists or anything like that, that matter and have an unfair, well, you know, just think of the, just like think that. of the exposure, you know, you could call the media before you went out there and then you just need a big Lone Star <laughs> banner on the back of the Jeeps. That would be great advertisement. Of course, I'm joking. You people calm down. It's a joke. Anyway, um, so tell me, uh, when is this happening this year? Lone Star Jeep Invasion, uh, and you guys are listening to the interview. You can go over to the website right now, LoneStarJeepInvasion.com. I got that right, didn't I? Correct. All right, so when is it, when is it happening? Uh, it's going to be March 12th and 13th. The big event is on the 13th. That's when all the raffles are happening and everything else. But our vendors will be there both days. Uh, the 12th is the, like the kickoff for the event if you want to buy stuff for your Jeep. Uh, to put on for uh, that Saturday event. That Friday night at the event, we're having a huge party. Uh, the people from um, Spiderweb Shade are helping us really make it big this year, and we're gonna we're gonna have a blast. Our beer garden will be running full bore, and and we'll we've got a party DJ with lights and everything else. It's it's gonna be going to be a fun event. Now, I know our listeners, and I know they all perked up like a dog here at a high-pitched noise. When you said beer garden, tell us more about the beer garden. <laughs> well, we're going to have a huge tent out there. And of course, you know, Texas and our beers and our local beers, we've got 11 Below, we've got Fortress, Bearded Fox, No Label, and Southern Star are going to be joining us out there. Uh, the wristbands will be available for purchase for samples. We'll also have... Uh, concessions out there so for beer sales and, and, and all that fun stuff. So March 12th is a Friday and March 13th is a Saturday. And I dare say that's probably going to be the day that most people are there. I know I'm going to be there on the 13th. At least that's the plan. These days, you never know what's going to happen. But but damn it, that's that's my goal is to get out there. Now, um, the, the beer garden, I think you, you told me before we started the interview that this is actually going to be on site. So you don't actually have to go someplace different. 
you're just going to uh, to the Lone Star Jeep Invasion, LoneStarJeepInvasion.com. Now, where is this being held? It'll be held at the Lone Star Convention Center where we had it last year or year before last. Mm -hmm. Except this time we're not on the convention side. We're on the fairground side. So we have a lot more space. We have tons and tons of parking. If 10,000 people show, end up showing up, we've got enough parking for everybody. So what's the, what's the physical address uh, for that place so people can be looking it up right now? The address is it's the Montgomery County Fairgrounds. It's 9333 Airport Road, Conroe, Texas, 77303. All right, guys, you got that. So now you can start looking that up. Now, there's a lot of events, Jeep events across the nation that have been scheduled and canceled how certain are you that this is going to happen? Even though the National Guard is next door, it's going to take more than them to stop us here. <laughs> so I, I'm sure there's lots of Jeepers out there that just would dearly love to be able to go to a Jeep event. So I asked that question because some of these folks out of state might want to come to this event. It was huge the first year that was that you guys had it. Uh, remind me, there, how many how many Jeeps were out there? Like uh, 500, 700? What was it? We ended up with 647 I Jeeps. I was close. Oh. Yeah. Man, it was a huge field of all these Wranglers. And, and <laughs> this year, it'll be all gladiators. <laughs> and one Cherokee. <laughs> <laughs> and you know we're not we're not limiting it to the wranglers and the in the cherokees and the you know the people who go out and rock crawling jeep is is more than you know just the brand it, it's it's skin deep in all of us and and it's for the renegades for the liberties if you got a jeep oem on your vehicle come out enjoy it you know we'll have plenty of uh, there's decals and there's uh, suspension stuff. There's there's going to be a ton of stuff that you can put on your Jeeps, no matter what brand, make, model. It doesn't of course, matter. Of course. And if, if you got a Jeep interest, you should come out there and just uh, enjoy it all because, you know, vendors don't make uh, things just for Wranglers uh, and uh, Gladiators now. They make them for all kinds of Jeeps, and you never know what uh, you may find that you didn't know uh, that was going to be in there. Actually, this kind of dovetails into uh, the Show and Shine, which is a great opportunity to see what people have done to their Jeeps and things that you might want to do to yours. Correct. So tell us about the Show and Shine. That's going to be uh, uh, both days? or uh, the, the Show and Shine will be on Saturday. Uh, like I said, if anybody wants to come Friday, we do have two-day passes. Uh, the two-day passes are $15, um, and you get to kind of see, kind of do your runaround of, of the, the vendors and we're going to have a lot of food trucks out there as well. Um, so sample the whatever, uh, sample the beers. The, the beer garden will be open all day Friday and all day Saturday. And you know, basically you can go out there and just have a good time. And Saturday when we have the show and shine, it, we still have openings. We have a lot of people signed up already, but we still have a lot of openings. We have a lot of space. Uh, and we're going to have a lot of trophies this year. Excellent. Now, the, uh, the now I'll just mention this again. March twelfth, uh, uh, sorry, twelfth, yeah, twelfth and thirteenth, uh, Friday and Saturday. So uh, that basically means I'm just trying to do some quick math here. That's like uh, we're we're right at about thirty days, about thirty five days away from the event. So you have plenty of time to uh, you know decide that you're going to go, decide that you know it actually is going to happen, which I I do believe it's going to happen. 
And uh, there, if you're coming from a, a far distance away, maybe you don't know Texas very well. Conroe is a uh, a large city just north of Houston. So if you're like maybe in Dallas or Oklahoma or really anywhere in the United States that isn't uh, south of uh, of Houston, uh, then uh, it, it makes it a little closer for you. So uh, there's there's plenty of places to stay inside of Conroe. Is there? I mean, it's a large uh, city. We have we have several hotel blocks set up that are uh, the links are on our website oh excellent we also, i didn't realize that we also have camping available on site on the fairgrounds oh, and rv areas that's great so somebody could roll out there with a a, 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 a rooftop tent and uh, stay right there in the uh, uh in the field so to speak are you guys going to be parking in the field again or we'll we'll be on the bigger side on the fairground side so everything that all the camping will be inside the fence so you don't have to worry about any of your belongings or anything like that. Uh, we do have electrical hookups for uh, 30 amp, 50 amp, and also uh, 120. Oh man, you got to plug your phone in or whatever while you're camping, or bring a fan or or whatever you want. Yeah, this is great. I re- I didn't realize that you guys were going to have this set up this way. So this this really is no excuse, and you almost get like a a camping atmosphere with the the benefit of probably several hundred of uh, uh, fellow jeepers around you. Uh, just figure out you're not going to be getting any sleep. You're going to be drinking lots of beer, staying up all night. <laughs> and then uh, having the Jeep show uh, on the on Saturday, so you know, talking to all the vendors. Speaking of vendors, I think you've mentioned a few already, but well, what vendors uh, are, are are we expecting? Well, we're sponsored by Demontron this year again. Uh, they've been they've been very loyal to us, and we we really appreciate them as well as J Tops USA. Uh, they're they're a sponsor for our show and shine. They take care of all the trophies and everything, and they they've been they've been really good to us. Uh, we have a lot of the vendors from last year that are coming back. We have some new vendors this year. Um, I mentioned Spiderweb Shade earlier. They're helping us with our, our kickoff party on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fishbone Off-Road is going to be there. Rugged Ridge, Skyjacker. Uh, we have Vinyl uh, Decal and Graphic Designs of East Tennessee coming. Um, White Tusk LED. Um, Crawler is going to be there. Texas Truck Work, CMM Off-Road. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company, PSD, oh, um, tons and tons of people, and we're adding more every day. So this sounds uh, like a lot more vendors than what you had year one. We, fortunately, a lot of the Jeep events around the United States have pretty much been canceled for the first six months of this year so far, mm-hmm. and these guys just want to get out. They want to they want to make your Jeep look great, and they want to help you out with your products and their products. You know, and we are, they're our bread and butter. They they have helped us on this event and helped us get where we're at right now. And without them, we wouldn't be anything. Yeah, you have to have the support of the vendors. I mean, people, that's where people like to buy stuff for their Jeep. I mean, Jeep Aftermarket, if you're not aware of this, uh, maybe you're new to the whole Jeep life. The, uh, the Jeep Aftermarket is absolutely huge. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. And that's billion with a B. Just, uh, you know, I know Josh confuses you with that uh, 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 <laughs> billion with an M thing. So uh, this is great. Now, so you got beer, you got food, uh, you're going to be giving away trophies. Uh, we got lots of vendors, uh, and there's uh, on-site camping, on-site RV hookups. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, oh, when when you get there, when you when you go to the the convention center there in Conroe, the Lone Star Convention Center there in Conroe. And of course, you can get all this information at uh, LoneStarJeepInvasion.com. 
Uh, but when you go there, uh, what do you do uh, for parking? Do you just drive in and wander aimlessly? Will there be signs? Will there be people flagging you down and, uh, you know, checking your mask and all that stuff? We'll have tons of signage. Um, there, there's going to be volunteers. There's going to be officers there. And we, we will have officers there. We did uh, in 2019. And, and I, I really have to applaud the Jeep community. And I, I know how great everybody is. Our police officers were bored. They <laughs> sat there and ate and drank sodas all day long. And they can't like, where's the action at? Like nobody's fighting. Nobody's having any issues or anything like that. And I said, no, these are Jeep people. They don't do that. They, they get along. They, they, they might pick on one another from time to time, but you know, we're all there for a common cause. You know, we're, we're there to take care of the trails and, and take care of one another. Excellent. So you mentioned the beer garden. I know uh, last year you had some, <clears throat> some other events uh, planned. Uh, is there anything else going on that you'd like to mention about this? Well, after the, after the load in for the vendors on Thursday, we're all going to make it over to bareback bar in spring. Uh, there's a link to that on the page. I don't know the exact uh, address. It's, it's, uh, but we're doing a big vendor party over there uh, just to kind of get everybody's mind at ease and relax a little bit. Um, it's always a little bit of chaos bringing everybody in. Mm-hmm. And everybody's welcome. Uh, it's not just, just the vendors. Uh, that way you can kind of meet some of the vendors earlier than going to the event, talk to them one-on-one if you want. If there's any concerns... We'll also be selling merchandise and tickets at that location. So you don't, if you don't have your tickets yet, you can go have some beers over at Bearback, buy your tickets, and you don't have to wait in line on Friday morning or Saturday morning. Uh, you can also buy your shirt so you don't have to change in the bathroom or anything like that at the event. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, we're, we're trying, to, trying to make it easy on everybody. So the two-day event you mentioned was $15. How much is it for if, you, if you're just coming for Saturday? If you're going for Friday or Saturday, either or, um, it's $10. If you're going to do two day, uh, it's 15. And if you buy your tickets at the, at the gate, uh, the day of it's $15. All right. So, uh, you can, uh, and correct me on this, if this is wrong, you can go to lonestarjeepinvasion.com and buy your tickets there. Correct? correct? Correct. Now, if you, if you buy them online, uh, are they sent to you or do you get a code that you give at the gate? How does that work? We're still mailing out tickets from last year. Uh, we were it, it got kind of crazy. We were still trying to figure out will they let us do it? Will they let us not do it? Right. And uh, we've been sending tickets out little by little every week. Uh, we've been crazy busy with everything. But we, if you bought your tickets last year and you haven't gotten them, they should be out by the end of next week. Uh, we're like I said, it's been crazy. Yeah. But your t- your tickets will say. 2020, but they're good for this year. And that's an important thing to understand, guys, that uh, if you bought a ticket last year and then, of course, the event was canceled because of uh, this dire dreaded disease that's uh, running rampant, uh, millions dead. I'm, I'm sorry, going down the political aisle here, uh, that uh, since it was canceled, you, you can uh, use those tickets for this year, which is a great deal. And I, I'm sure that the postage cost alone is uh, is uh, exorbitant. But besides the the manual labor of getting all those tickets out, so uh, I'll, I'll just say a thank you for everybody uh, keeping up with that. Man, you you got to go electronic. You just you got to go electronic. It's so much faster. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. So um, okay. Well, so no, we we've covered where it is, uh, how much it's going to cost to be there, uh, and then uh, once you get there. 
Uh, parking will be uh, very nice. It will be uh, directed with signs, and, and uh, you'll be able to find a place to park. You know, I really can't think of, and, and, and by the way, there's going to be lots of Jeeps there, so I really can't think of a downside to this for not going. <laughs> it just sounds like it's a great opportunity for you to get out of your house uh, or the, the, the bunker that you've been uh, uh, huddling in in fear Get out, breathe the fresh air, uh, maybe come to Texas for the first time and and see a an honest to goodness uh, Jeep uh, Texas uh, well invasion. Uh, this, this will be great, Lone Star Jeep invasion. So just go over to LoneStarJeepInvasion.com. Like I've been saying several times here, because I'd like to see you out there. And if I haven't mentioned it enough times, I'm planning on being there. The red Jeep's going to be there. Uh, I got this uh, big ass. Uh, sticker on the side so people can all see the jeep talk show you know sticker and uh they'll so they can go what the hell is that <laughs> is that some kind of show or something so come on out and uh see my i'm gonna be in the show and shine so it'll be uh uh real easy to find it won't be the fanciest jeep out there it certainly won't be the most expensive but uh, it's red did i mention it was red keith yeah a few times <laughs> So is there anything else we need to cover on this? I mean, it sounds like a, a great opportunity, March 12th and 13th, uh, to get out there, see other Jeeps, talk to other Jeepers, and have some fun. I want to I, – I, uh, last year, we were able to we, – we took all of the Jeep groups and asked them to bring canned goods, food, uh, anything, because one of our – one of the people that we're – one of the groups that we're, we're – we're, um, one of our charities is the Montgomery County Food Bank. And last year we gathered 1,650 pounds of food for the wow. Montgomery County Food Bank. That's great. Uh, it, it was fantastic. Uh, this last year we had several groups that were, uh, the, the group that won last year uh, or year before last was Lake Area Jeepers. And uh, they, they brought 350 pounds of food among four people. <laughs> that's, and that's wonderful they, they won the trophy and they told us don't worry we'll win next year too well, well after their surgery I, uh the hernia surgery is uh is healed then uh, they should be able to carry more right well i spoke <laughs> i spoke to their admin uh jeff yesterday and he told me he said you know we're still collecting food but we collected so much food last year, and one of the uh, communities on Alaska was hit by real bad flooding. So we donated all the food we were going to donate this past year to that instead. Well, they had gathered 2,650 pounds of food because they were destined to win last year. And it's amazing how one Jeep group have four people that showed up last year, and I know they're going to have more this year was able to gather 2,650 pounds of food. And even though they weren't able to donate it to the Montgomery County Food Bank, they donated it to people in need. And that's what, that's what our community does. And that's what the Jeepers do. And we're doing that again this year. We want, we want everybody to bring food. Pick the favorite group that you're in that you want that food total to go to. And the, the, the group with the most weight in food by Saturday afternoon uh, will receive the trophy and the, the notoriety for this next year um, or for this year. We're also, uh, our charities last year, uh, we, we were able to donate $8,500 back to that chair, those charities. And that was amazing. 
This year, we have a couple different charities. We have Camp Hope, which everybody knows is a fantastic charity. Uh, it, it, it helps our, our brothers in arms. Uh, if you don't know anything about Camp Hope, please look them up. Please, please see the great things that they do. Um, our other charity is uh, a, a, another um, military-based uh, charity, and it's Guns to Hammers Construction. They, they, they take injured soldiers, and they, at no cost to them, they help repair their homes and fix their homes up to where they can, they can actually move around in them. They can, they, their bathrooms are, are accessible to them. Their, their bedrooms or kitchens, uh, everything is, is catered to them, and they ask for nothing in return. And it, without our armed forces and without our veterans, uh, we wouldn't have the freedoms that we do today. So that's very important to us. Absolutely. I, I love those type of things. It's, it's very important for a nation to remember its military. Uh, it's not an easy job, and uh, it's, it's definitely not something that, that, uh, that you have to do. Uh, I mean, I understand it may be a calling and you feel you have to, but there's lots of other safe ways and easier ways to make a living. So when, when people decide to be soldiers, I think it is uh, something that we should uh, honor those, those folks. I, I always do. I, I, I always uh, make sure. I, I mean, I was alive. I, I wasn't very old, but I was alive during the Vietnam era. And, uh, boy, it was just horrible uh, what I saw, and I think – uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I always make sure that I thank everybody for their service. Well, that sounds great. I love that story about the, the, the pounds of food from, from four people. And, you know, I, I, I've said this over and over again. I can't believe how big of an event this was year before last. And I, I can't say it often enough. That was the first one that you had. It just shows you how eager people are to come and uh, and be around other Jeepers, get their Jeeps out to be seen, because it's always fun to have people uh, look at your Jeeps. And, and I'll just mention this. I, I, I jokingly was talking about the Sea of Wranglers and the, the lone Cherokee that was out there. And uh, Cherokees get a fair amount of hate uh, from, from Wranglers. Uh, nobody said anything negative. Uh, and a few people came by and said, I uh, had uh, one of those Cherokees. I wish I had never gotten rid of it. Uh, they were admiring my Cherokee. And uh, there was one fellow that actually, uh, the, the lady came up and was looking at my Jeep and she says, my husband saw your Cherokee out here. He went home to get his. <laughs> so don't feel bad if you, have, if you don't have a Wrangler. Uh, it doesn't matter because somebody's going to have uh, a remembrance or they had a Liberty or they, uh, they had a Compass and they wish they hadn't gotten rid of it. They really love that Jeep. And bring your Jeep out. Don't worry if it's not a Wrangler. It doesn't matter. All that matters is you're a Jeeper. You got a Jeep, and you uh, be proud. Don't don't worry if it's not a Wrangler. I I don't. I mean, I love my Cherokee. I don't care that it's not a Wrangler. We have uh, three Wranglers here in a Cherokee. I'm the I'm the oddball. So, <laughs> yep, yep. Come out. I'd love to love to meet you and. Uh, uh, you can, uh, if you can find him uh, where he's not busy, which I th- I, that's going to be a really hard thing. You can, uh, you can meet Keith too. I'm looking forward to it. Well, uh, that sounds. Oh, you know what? I'm kind of hungry. What kind of food are you guys going to have out there? I want to ask a food question. <laughs> We've got, I think, four food trucks 
lined up right now, and we've got several other inquiries uh, that are that are coming in nonstop. We're asking that our our food trucks have a breakfast menu, um, a lunch menu, a dinner menu, and then an after hours menu. So our campers, you don't have to worry about getting hungry in the middle of the night. Our our party goers Friday night, the, there's going to be plenty of food. Uh, I do believe Spiderweb Shades has talked about ordering a couple extra kegs for concessions. So, guys, we're set. You know, we're 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 going to make this a great event. We're asking everybody. You know, if you feel comfortable wearing a mask, please wear a mask. If if you don't feel good, and we're going to do this again next year. No, nobody's stopping us. So, if if you're sick, stay home, please. Uh, we're going to have sanitation stations all over. Uh, most of the vendors are are going to have uh, hand sanitizer. Um, if you see everybody at a at a vendor booth wearing masks, uh, please wear a mask. Be respectful to the people who 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 think that the mask thing is a great idea. And I'm saying I'm not saying it's not. But I, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out because it was something I didn't uh, I didn't consider. So uh, this is a uh, we we do have a mask requirement uh, in Texas, uh, six foot uh, distancing, and this is something that people need to adhere to. Uh, while being there because you guys don't want to get shut down or told right. you can't have this next year. So it's important, even if you, you think the mass thing is, is a limited success or maybe even detrimental uh, in the long run, uh, just uh, do the things so that we can, uh, the government will allow us to have these get togethers in the future. I hate even saying that. I really do. But <laughs> be respectful, not only to the other folks that are wearing masks, but uh, really mainly uh, to Keith and the Lone Star Jeep invasion so we can continue to have these things. It's like, you know, uh, being good on the trail, taking care of the trail, being good stewards of the land. You do that maybe, even if you don't agree with it, you do it because you want to be able to go out there again and again. Same type of deal here. Well, we're working on a uh, another ride through the National Forest on Sunday. Uh, we Our first year was kind of a, kind of, kind of crazy. We We fought with the National Forest. We we disagreed. We, we had pulled all of our permits. We did everything right. We had the insurance. We had the officer set up and, and everything. And they pulled our permit two, three days before the event. And um, I ended up getting a apology letter from the, the National Forestry Division um, because it was, it was wrong of them. We did the run anyway. Uh, and we, we had some issues along the way. But you know, we, we're not tearing anything up. We take better care of the, the Sam Houston National Forest than the forestry system does. So we, we are stewards of the, of the land. We, we're all members of Tread Lightly here in, in the Lone Star Jeep Invasion and Jeep Events of Texas. We, we, we enjoy our trails. We, you know, we're not a BLM state, so we have to, we have to respect what we have here. But we're going to take care of what we have and we're still going to have fun. We're just going to do it the legal way. Yep. That's the way you got to do it. All right, Keith, well tell everybody how they can uh, find you on social media. I did mention the website. I'll mention it again. Lone star Jeep invasion.com. Uh, where else uh, can, can people find you in the, the uh, social media things? Check us out on Facebook. Uh, there we're, we add updates all the time. We know a lot of people don't, don't do Facebook and that's fine. Our website stays updated. Uh, I believe we're on Instagram. I don't do Instagram, but I think 
my wife does, Andrea. Uh, and I, I, I honestly, I think we have a TikTok. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, I, I'm not. I think we do. I, I'm not real sure, but I get videos all the time. Like, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And yeah, uh, people. People are sitting in the bathroom. They got nothing else better to do. They can. <laughs> they can do a search on TikTok for you guys. It, right. it would all be under uh, Lone Star Jeep Invasion. Correct. That's great. And I'll mention really quick, and I, I do uh, truly appreciate uh, y- uh, yours and Andrea's support. And that's the, the, those are the two people that are doing this event. They're the primary driving uh, forces behind uh, the Lone Star Jeep invasion. Uh, so uh, Andrea just doesn't like uh, the way her voice sounds, so I, I get to interview <laughs> Keith. <laughs> so uh, the, the appreciation that I'm uh, talking about is you can uh, actually find the, the two prior episodes that uh, we've interviewed uh, Keith, and I think the last time it was actually Andrea because I bitched and whined enough where she she decided to do the interview. Uh, unfortunately, that was the one for the event that got canceled. But anyway, you can go back to episode 373 and episode 425 and listen to those interviews. Uh, I think 373 was you, Keith, and 425 was Andrea. And you guys can listen to hear, find out what things have changed and uh, it, it, the event's going to be at the same place. So you, a lot of this stuff is going to be uh, interesting to hear, and you can hear how it's grown. Uh, and it, it's interesting, too, that it's grown, and you guys didn't even have it last year. So this is, this is technically the, the second one. So you were very successful the first year. It was so cool. I've never been to a Jeep event because they don't have them here in Houston. So it was so cool to be uh, my first Jeep event that I went to was uh, the Lone Star Jeep Invasion uh, two years ago, and it was just so cool to see all those Jeeps in one place. If for no other reason, it was neat to see all those Jeepers uh, just parked in the field like that. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, to it this year. I hope you guys are to get out, get the family out there. There's places to camp. There's places to stay. Uh, in Conroe, Texas, uh, I think you probably will fall in love with Conroe once you uh, once you visited there, if you haven't already been there. So, hope to see you out there. Keith, uh, I'll definitely see you. Uh, thank you very much for doing the interview with us tonight to, to remind folks. And we, we got it in in a plenty of time so our listeners can hear about it and, and start talking to the their spouse, whether it be their wife or their husband, say, we need to go to this. We haven't been out in so long. You remember when you used to love me and you take me places? Well, now you can <laughs> take me to this. <laughs> Thanks again, Keith. We'll uh, see you here in uh, about a month. Thank you for having me. Well, I want to thank uh, Keith Ellis for being on and talking about uh, the Lone Star Jeep invasion again. That's going on uh, March 12th and 13th this year. And uh, I, uh, I, I still maintain I think this is going to be, if not the only, one of the very few uh, Jeep events this year. And you should travel on down to uh, Conroe, which is very close to Houston, uh, Conroe, Texas, and, uh, and join us in, especially if you're a Texan and you've gone through all these power uh, ons and offs and ons and offs, you need to get out and have some fun. Come on down to the Lone Star Jeep Invasion. And you know, th- it, this reminds me uh, that, uh, uh, Travis, you have an event or something coming up here very soon, don't you? Sunday. Um, Sunday afternoon. It's a birthday drive-by. You know, it's on a big event but we're expecting 300 plus jeeps <laughs> to drive great. by yeah and you know my my jeep charity event all started and began with a little girl named savannah and this is her birthday and another Whoa. club has gotten together and gonna do an event for her and she was the reason 
you know, my heart got in the giving mode and wanted me to push to continue doing my charity event monthly. And, you know, the little girl's been through 22 surgeries. She's got two major conditions that just truly give her challenges in life. But I'm talking about the best attitude and the biggest smile and the most passionate little girl I've ever seen. Um, when I saw this charity event being brought up for Savannah, uh, just a birthday drive by, I was like, I've got to let the Jeep talk show know about it. I've got to let, you know, people in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, you know, we, we've got decent weather. We're, we're, you know, cool, but we don't have the ice. We don't have the storms like you guys down in Texas currently do. Um, but we're looking for sunny weather on Sunday and, you know, I'll, I'll get the event all listed posted up because it's actually in Statesville, North Carolina. Uh, but it's just, we're going to get together and, and do a drive by for a little girl on her birthday. Um, so you know, it's, 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 it's probably too late for a lot of people listening to the show to get involved in this. But, yeah. if, but if they're in the area and they want to get involved, is there, is there some place they can go to get more information and see how to, how to be in the event? They can. Actually, my Jeep Night Facebook page, um, and it's just under Jeep Night on Facebook. You'll Google it and you'll see a picture of my Jeeps at, at my Jeep Night that was initially being held at Boardwalk Billy's. Um, that has all the links and infos to basically all the events that I see going on. You know, their charity events, I'm going to post them. I'm going to share with everybody. Currently, I've not been doing any um, just between my work schedule and, and COVID. I've yet to really truly buckle down and get a large event going. Oh, again. It's a lot of work. Um, it, it, well, it's a lot of work, but I love it and I'm passionate about it. No, I'm, I'm, sure, it's, I'm, sure, you're gonna, I'm sure you're going to do it again. So uh, they oh, just, yeah. just go to Facebook and then do a search for Jeep Facebook, Night. Facebook, Jeep Night, and Jeep Night comes up. Um, I've got both a page and a group. Um, both of those, I have the link set up for it. Um, and it's it's hopefully going to be a huge turnout. And I'm hoping to God I can make it because I got a phone call today talking about my house is going to be potentially closed on Monday. And if that's the case, I'm going to have to switch swap my shifts around. So I'm going to end up working Sunday and not be able to attend the event so I can close on a home. I'm looking at mine. Oh, yeah, good. I was misunderstanding when you said closed. I was af afraid that the, the county had condemned it or something. No, and I was like, you're going to be no, homeless. Gonna, you're talking about closing a, so that you can move into another one. That's great. That's great. Move news. into another one. So, yeah, so the, the, already, the YJ artwork is going to be going to the new house, correct? It will be carried, and I'm going to have a whole area for the YJ, which I'm excited about. So I'm going to have its own little two-car garage purposely for it alone. Um, and I'll have all my workroom and everything I need to do. And you're going to make sure uh, both those dogs get moved over there. They look the same. Oh, they're so getting moved. You can't, you can't go, oh, we got that dog, and then, oh, we left one back there. we got to go back and get it. No, we'll, <laughs> we'll take both of them. They're going to they're gonna run around and cause the trouble they do at the new house. Oh, they look like they have fun together. <laughs> They love each other. Do they ever fight? Uh, twenty four seven. Yeah, just I mean, but they're they're dogs fighting. They teach each other lessons. Yeah, but they're brothers. You know, they're brothers. They've been born together. Always been with each other. They have separation anxiety. If you separate them, which I need to work on that. I need to separate them some more. Uh, but they oh, absolutely love wonderful. each other. And so they are related. You say they're brothers. Like, they're they're related to, yeah, to one another. Oh, they are nice. related brothers. Yeah. yeah. Same litter, same family, same mom. They're good boys. That's cool. I think. Uh, I, I mean, it was it was a lot of work just getting the one dog into this house, but I think it would be fun to have a have a couple of them, but uh, probably no more than two. 
and i always think that dogs should be in the house they they should be able to to interact with you they're just so much fun and uh yeah, part yeah. Of family. they are um, a lot of people would say cats are, and, and the more the merrier. Uh, you get up above uh, uh, three, you need to be on Dr. Phil. But that's my opinion. <laughs> two, and that's too many. One's enough. Yeah. No, cats, I'll, I enjoy cats too, but they're not the same as, uh, as dogs. Tony, you were talking about events that are going on. The Jeep Jamborees, the Jeep Jamboree USA is still doing all their events this year. Um, last year they had to cancel several, but... Uh, and a lot of them are booked up, but there's several that are still open. So I think there'd be a lot of fun to go one of those things, but I hear they're quite expensive. Yeah, they're they're not cheap. Yeah, yeah. Well, I but looked into a few of those, and oof. they're they're a great place to learn to wheel, and and if you can get to one and and can afford it, it's yeah, you're talking you know, close to three hundred dollars to the person to go. That's so. not bad. I was thinking it was gonna be a couple of thousand or something. No, no, no. It's it's and that includes a couple meals each day and and it doesn't include lodging, of course. Right. But, but you're getting a guided jeep tour through these trails, especially go somewhere where you you don't know the trails. Um, you know, you're getting you're getting a guide and you're wheeling with ten or twelve jeeps and meeting new friends. It's it it it's how I really got tied into this six years ago. Man, I need to get my Jeep out there and uh, see if they would uh, let me keep that big-ass sticker I have on the side of my Jeep, do some uh, advertising uh, for the, the podcast. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun to, to go and do that. Uh, the, the problem is just getting there. Uh, <laughs> and, and I understand $300 a person might be a bit uh, a bit sharp uh, for, for folks, especially during the uh, the COVID thing. I think we've done... Yeah, we um, only charge 250 What's that? We only charge 250 but you got to get here. We wouldn't charge you anything, Tony. Just get here. <laughs> oh, I was just—I was thinking about—I was wondering what the scam was that you were <laughs> that you're running up there. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, and I haven't said this for a while. If you guys ever get a chance, uh, who's who's that that rents the jeeps uh, there in uh, Big Bear? Jeep experience. Jeep experience. So uh, we had uh, we had several jeeps from the Jeep experience, and I I uh, I got in the TJ. And they had to use a crowbar to get me out of it. Man, that no, thing was that thing was so much fun uh, to drive. It was just so well set up, and the scenery—it's really hard. I mean, I'm surprised I didn't roll off the mountain because I was looking around more than I was looking uh, straight ahead. <laughs> of course, with the way that Jeep was built, you really didn't have to worry about it. Uh, you just kind of point it, and it would go wherever you went. But I highly recommend. I mean, that's that's what I'd love to do with my wife is uh, is go out there and rent one of those jeeps and get up there on Gold Mountain. And uh, it, and just let her see the every, all the stuff that I saw. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, you, if you ever get a chance to, maybe the next uh, stimulus package, you can go out there and self-stimulate on uh, Gold Mountain. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I have Wait, I, I have no pictures or evidence. It's just a general comment. It wasn't any, about Listen anybody specifically. Stays on Gold Mountain. Yeah, and, and clean up after yourself. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I want to thank you a lot for being here with us tonight. And, uh, you know, I guess we did have a show. And, you know, I, it, I forgot all about it, having such a great time talking to you people. I <laughs> I didn't realize we've had power the entire time, so it didn't go out. So until next week, for uh, Wendy, Josh, Tammy, and myself, have a, a great upcoming weekend. And if you're in Texas, uh, enjoy that power being on while it's on. Podcasting since 2010.